Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grabback, your weekly podcast reviewing games in the Game Pass Collection. Your three new perspectives of varying skill range. I am the one who can't lie if I dislike a game. Andrew, with me, the one who thinks by changing the score at the end is a big con. Keith, hello. And the one I cannot lie, most beautiful woman, our co-host Liz. <laughs> hey guys. I mean, it's it's a little out of context since all you do is roast Liz usually, but you know. And for what it's worth, I did not change my score. I changed my game to a pass, which was always the intent. I stand behind my con. Whatever. That's not a con, Keith. That was just a lie. And this week was a listener request, so thank you so much, Seth, who recommended that we play Lies of P by Round 8 Studios. Lies of P is a third-person action Souls-like game where you, you are playing a alternate version of Pinocchio. You are a puppet that has woken up on a train who has been woken up by essentially a blue fairy who revived you. And you find out that all these puppets have gone berserk and have destroyed the residents of the town of Kratz. So you are trying to fight your way through the town and find your master, Geppetto. And you are trying to unravel the mystery of behind the puppet frenzy that is going on. But uh, going around, I will start. For me, this was a very unfortunate... This game was probably the most unfortunate game to pick this week. Uh, because, you know, I th- this game was very difficult for Liz. And I was not available to help her this week. You were in Alabama. Yeah. And uh, it was very unfortunate for me as well. Because I wanted to play so much of this game. And I just didn't have as much time to play it. I played most of this time on xCloud. Which the game is okay on xCloud. But... It's a Souls-like game, and you need to be really quicker with your reflexes. But, boy, I loved Liza P. This is an absolute game for me. I think this was a ton of fun. Boy. (laughs) This is a game I want to like. I want it to be a game. And and here's... And instead, you love it. Nope. Um, Wow. And this this is not a lie or or any of the the such. It is... it's a pass for me, but not. It's one of my usual. Not. It's not because of the game itself. It is because of me and the Souls like genre. I quick spoiler. I actually was kind of into the story because sort of like mythology, like retellings of stories, just always get my interest. And so I was kind of yeah. invested in this whole concept, and I wanted to find out so much more and play more because. I just yeah, but it's I it's a pass for me because I just cannot play Souls likes, Souls like games. I'm with Keith. I there were a lot of things in the game that I liked, but I ended up having to give it a pass. The main reason is because it was too hard for me, and I and I just felt like the bosses and just like the big guys that you meet. It was just there was no difficulty setting that. I could switch so it just it was not noob friendly and I don't like I've said this like a million times on the podcast I don't like trying to do the same thing over and over again it doesn't give me satisfaction when I finally beat it and so yeah I really like I played like 40 minutes of trying to beat one guy and then I was like I'm just waiting for Andrew and um at that point too I mean you there's still shortcuts so it's easier to get to the enemy when you die but it was just still annoying and then also I was really intrigued by the story, but there are like the sad side stories. I was afraid to go further. (laughs) I don't like being sad. And there's 
the two that I can think of that were like really, really sad, I was just like, I don't know. So yeah, and unfortunately it's a pass, but I still, I think the, the game has a lot of cool elements. It's funny. I first was going to give this a game because it's like, oh, this is a more accessible Souls-like game. Because I actually found it to be kind of easier and more like user-friendly at I, first. I think I know where you're coming from because the, there's and, – and maybe we're jumping too quickly into gameplay. But I, I think I get where you're coming from in that it's, it's very simplistic button-wise. It's just – it's still a Souls-like and the lack of a difficulty setting just really seals the deal on it. And uh, just a quick disclaimer. Uh, I, I, I picked up something in Alabama. I'm, I might have COVID or, I don't know, a sinus infection or something. But I'm going to try not to cough in everyone's ear. And I'm, I'm sucking on cough drops, so I figured at least give that disclaimer. Which, actually, second but, uh, disclaimer. As of today's recording, <laughs> um, they released a patch which is supposed to help with some of these difficulty issues that we were, were talking about, at least minimally in terms of reducing some boss HP and... What does that have to do with my cough, Keith? It's a, it's an additional disclaimer. It, we'll come up with your own disclaimer at another separate time. Well, I came up... This is my own <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> I don't know. This is exactly what a separate disclaimer would be. But so, I, so if you're listening to this or when you're listening to this, you will absolutely be playing a slightly different version of this game, but I, I think it's still going to be... Mostly the same, I would bet. Yeah, it looks like they nerfed a bunch of bosses that were uh, kind of a struggle. Yeah, so if you're kind of like myself or Liz, it might not matter much because I don't know that we fought many bosses. Uh, at least I didn't, speaking personally. Um, Andrew um, defeated a lot of them for me. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice. That's literally kind of how Liz played. Like It was funny, when Liz first started playing this, I was in Alabama. She's texting me. She's like, I can't beat the first boss. And I'm like, oh, what? The parade master? No, I said the first like, big guy. I did not say boss because I knew it was not a boss. I just knew it was a big guy. No, no, no. Let me look. And look, I, I also, okay. I, if you can prove me wrong, that's fine. But I really did try. And I felt like I kind of understood the combat more as I played more. But there were still like, there were times that, Andrew, you were impressed with one of the bosses that I got to like half health. Yeah. And so, but for me, like, like I said, I don't want to keep doing it. It's not fun for me. And so the, the first guy that I tried like a million times, I knew I wasn't going to get it. Wait, okay. Show me. You didn't say boss. You're right. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Cranberry mango. <laughs> that felt so good. To say. <laughs> oh my gosh. I like that you were quiet. You didn't, you didn't come out and say it. I had <laughs> to ask like, you. Just sitting there. Uh, no, just carry on. Let's keep talking. <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't notice you put my phone down. <laughs> but yeah, like Liz's gameplay is usually just her taking out the trash. And then when she gets to like a boss fight, I kill the boss for her. And then she continues. No, but like watching you play Liz, you're actually really good at killing just the trash mobs. Like, because there's some fights where I'm like, man, I had to use like two health potions in that fight. And Liz is just like taking everyone out. It's just like the way you play of like. You hit somebody and like roll away, and like you're just very slow, and methodical. But the dodge was like I, kind of difficult for me because there's so many games where if you're like mid swinging, you can still dodge. But in this game, you have to complete the swing and then dodge, and so it kind of threw me off. Where it's like the last time I did a dodge game, it wasn't like that, yeah. and I had to keep reminding myself. But I also like couldn't believe that I did like a, a good parry every once in a while, yeah. and uh, I mean it was it was luck, but it was. It was fun to see. Yeah. 
But I mean, we'll, we'll get. Did we that. talk about story yet? No, that's why I'm trying to, <laughs> to steer this uh, other direction. Here. But the story of Lies of P, as I said, this is kind of an alternate telling of the fable. Is it a fable? Yeah, story. This is an alternate fairy telling tale. of the story of Pinocchio. Fairy tale. A fairy tale. That's that's a better description. So much of, of a it. difference Thank between you. a fairy tale and a fable. I think a fable. A fable like tells a like teaches a lesson, right? A lesson. Yes, yeah. which Pinocchio does. Yeah, so maybe it's it is, about the. Is Pinocchio? <laughs> I don't know. Keith will look this up. But anyway, this is alternate telling of the story of Pinocchio, where you are playing, as I said, Pinocchio, and you are revived on a train, and you find out that you know. All the puppets, which are essentially automatons, are just these robotic beings that, you know, were originally servants to all the humans in the town, have gone berserk, killed everyone. But not only that, because, you know, this game isn't bleak enough, there's also a disease going around the town called the petrification disease, which essentially just makes humans and they develop scales and eventually turn into stone. And then, of course, some people get turned into monsters. So you're kind of going around and trying to clean up the streets and trying to figure out if you want to lie or not lie on some story elements. Which, I mean, we found out because I did the opposite of what Andrew did for one of them and I got a record, which I thought was kind yeah. of uh, nice. Which, yeah, I am trying not to lie. And Liz is like, well, I'm going to lie. And she's like, well, is lying bad? And I'm like, well, when is lying ever good? Because you you save this woman heartache right before she dies. Like, how is that not good? But do you not know... All about Pinocchio. Anytime he lies, his nose grows. I know, but I just, I also Googled what would happen because I felt like the right decision was to tell her, but I wasn't sure if, like, I don't want to give too much away, but, um, but yeah, that's why I, I, I looked it up. I was nervous. I think I lied to her. I think I lied to her. I only had like two or three opportunities that I ran into. <clears throat> uh, so I'm the only one with a good moral compass here. I don't know. How is that a good moral compass? Well, because you're lying the, about her baby. The very first She's, one, it's like, hey, do you want to come into this building? Tell the truth or don't come in. And I'm sure it still lets you in because you have to get there. It's part of the game or something. Oh, no. I, I kept saying I was a puppet. And they just say, you can't come in. But you just keep redoing it. Oh. So you have to lie to get into the So hotel. you have to lie sometimes. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't need a moral compass. <laughs> or your judgment. Well, it's like... I'm sorry, but, like, if someone says, like, oh, do you like my dress? I'm not going to say no, even if I don't like it, about you know? the dress? And how much do you like that person? Just saying. No, These but if they questions. obviously like it and it's just not my style, like, I don't like it because it's not my style, I wouldn't say, oh, no, I don't like it. Well, that's why the proper response is always, no, it makes you look horrible. Even if you like it. You just always <laughs> tell them it looks horrible. Then people stop asking you that question and they never put you in that situation. <laughs> That's true. I mean, who, who would say that? You know, but yeah, no, just an example. Terrible. Like, I would lie. I would. I would. Makes your nose look <laughs> big. Oh, don't get me started on your butt. Don't. <laughs> 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 Keith. Oh, I also just want to say real quick, because um, I know this is off topic, but um, I thought it was really funny <laughs> that Andrew <laughs> called Keith after Keith like said, Please don't call me. I don't like people calling me. If you're my immediate family member, that's fine. <laughs> but then Andrew called him. Oh, yeah. I got in trouble and for he picked up because I, I listed my wife last after all of my siblings and parents. So I got in trouble for that later. Ooh. <laughs> like I noticed I Your was, wife actually listened to the podcast? No, she was in the other room. And she goes, I, I didn't know what you were talking about, but I noticed that you put me last on that list. I went, oh, dang it. <laughs> so you're welcome, everybody. Um. 
<laughs> but yes, Andrew uh. called me, and my immediate was, ugh, what? Is so he you, pranking me because of what I said? He picked up after one ring? Yeah, you're lucky. Um, but anyway, the story. What did you guys think of the story? Because this is already one of the first things I loved about Liza P. Because usually... What comes with Soul-like games is that the story is always way too convoluted, like Elden Ring, Bloodborne, Dark Souls. Like, they have a story, but it, like you have to dig through mountains of lore to figure out what is going on. But this is one thing I loved about Liza P. Right away, I was like, I get what's going on. I'm into this world. This is awesome. So, Tim, for me, this was an awesome story, and I wanted to know way, so much more about it. I was going to say that too, that they let you know what's going on. You don't have to dig for it. And I love that. But something that I said towards the beginning when I was playing and I told you, Andrew, I was like, I wonder what people feel like when they're creating these like crazy, like human looking robots nowadays and stuff. And Andrew's like, well, it's not like they're going to end up like murdering and like turning on people. And I'm like, that's what everybody thinks in every movie. You well, know, who's like, going to create why? a movie where they're like, we have robots and they're perfectly fine. Like, obviously, it's Hollywood. The, the robots are going to uprise. Like, of course. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, nobody ever thinks it's going to happen until it happens. I've seen so many movies. I would just be like, that's a bad idea. I'm not doing it. So I, that, that's all I'm saying is like, may, maybe, maybe it's not a good idea. Yeah. So you're telling me you wouldn't want to have a robot butler. No, that is creepy. That is No. Because what if, like, somebody hacks it? It's true. And you just turn around, like you, like, you wake up in the night, you're thirsty, and you're walking through your house, and all of a sudden you just see the butler staring at you. Heck no. I mean... But Why are you walking around? I have a butler. It should be delivering me the water. That is true. It should just, I should yeah. just push a button, and the, that butler should be bringing me water. I, um, I like we're both swaying Keith. <laughs> I'm just picturing the butler with a knife behind its back. Like, I don't know. I just, I can't. You guys would do, you guys would do I it? I mean, I just don't think I have a lot of people that are out there for my head that are going to be trying to hack my, my, my yeah. butler robot to murder me. I could be wrong. No, but <laughs> they could hack like an entire country's worth of robots kind of thing. Like they're going after everybody. I mean, I suppose it could be. I don't know. I probably couldn't afford one anyways. That's probably the more important. <laughs> uh, Story-wise, I, I mean, I already alluded to it a little bit here, but I I was pretty into it, and I didn't get a whole lot of it, but I know Pinocchio, and so I, I know... You personally know him? Yeah, we're buds. Uh, we go way back. <laughs> but, you know, knowing the story that it was at least driven off of, I... I, I'm sure it doesn't go exactly the, the same way, but I was I was into it and I wanted to know more about this world. While I don't necessarily know a lot about Elden Ring and Bloodborne and all those because I've never played them because I avoid them like the plague, I can I can see where those games like you also kind of said is that they have to build their world. They they start from scratch and they may pull from you know a little bit of Lovecraftian designs and things of that nature. But all in all, they're really creating something from the ground up. Where creators of Lies of P here have a game or a story that was built off of something, and, and so it 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 already felt familiar, and and I like that about a game. Said so it, it, it kind of has that mythology feel to me, especially when it's I don't know turning something that I know into let's say something dark because it's not like I just have this tendency to like dark things. But you know, like you know what I mean. It just 
Yeah. It's, a, it's that term like, of familiarity. I, it's, it's almost ironic, even though yeah. that might not be the best word. Like, I, I love when someone gets, like, yeah, like, an iconic story and puts their own, like, kind of twist to it. It's, like, the same when, like, a band does, like, a cover of a song. But, yeah, like, I don't just want to hear the same song. Like, I want to hear your take on it. Like, I want to hear it, like, in a unique way. Because, like, I mean, case in point, using Pinocchio, like, two Pinocchio movies came out very similar at the, near the same time. You know, Disney came out with a live-action Pinocchio and that movie was essentially the same retelling of it, just live action. And that movie was forgotten like a fart in the wind. But then <laughs> Guillermo del Toro made like a stop motion type animation movie for Netflix. And that Pinocchio movie was fantastic. It was so good. And like that movie is actually more iconic and like remembered. And it's, it's always like, and I never understand that when they're just like, oh, it's the same movie, but it's live action. Like, nobody's ever going to choose the live action over the animated version. So it's like, why waste your time? What is the ending of Pinocchio? Because I obviously saw it when I was a kid, like the cartoon one, but I don't remember. He becomes a giant robot and crushes Tokyo. <laughs> What's the ending of Pinocchio? <laughs> I love that Liz just looked at you. I know I don't believe you. God, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping she would maybe go like, wait a second, <laughs> that's Godzilla. <laughs> um, he he turns into a. See, real I boy. don't like at least in the. Well, Disney I don't. One. I don't. Yeah, I don't. in the Disney one, he gets turned like the the blue fairy grants him like his wish that he ends up getting a soul and becomes a real boy. Yeah, but in the actual telling of Pinocchio, I'm not sure. Yeah, well, because in my in my searching for is it a fairy tale or a fable? Technically, I think it's neither. Um, it, it at least according to uh, the Wikipedia, the Adventures of the Wikipedia, the Wikipedia, the Adventures of Pinocchio uh, is a children's fantasy novel. So it it was written as like a telling of stories that were released in a serial fashion. And then it was compiled into a novel. So I, I guess technically it's neither of the things we were talking about. And um, oh. I don't know what the ending is. I guess I could look it up since I have the Wikipedia, but so I don't want to spoil it. He could have turned into a giant monster and crushed Tokyo, I don't as far as we know. I don't think that, well, at least not, I don't, I don't, when did Tokyo become a city? Was it a city in 1881? <laughs> I don't know. We didn't have robots back then. That's all I know. <laughs> Fools, that's when his father he turns a parrot, mocks him. What then? What happens? Everyone was very He goes to town with 40 pennies. He has saved himself to buy a new suit. Anyway, well, let's just move on. Oh, when he wakes up, he's a real uh, boy with his puppet body lying lifeless on a chair. That is wicked creepy. Imagine you live your whole life as like something, and then you wake up one day and you're not, and your dead ex body is just laying next to you. How is that a good ending? Gosh. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't get to delete that. Gross. I mean, I can, no, no, I'm don't joking. get me started on that question. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> just, just edit um, the question. Uh, <laughs> Leave it in, but blur it. Uh, the Round 8 Studios does a fantastic job with the story. But not only that, I actually loved the gameplay. Like, if you're familiar with a Souls-like game... You kind of know how it goes. You know, it's a third-person action game. You know, you kind of have your different styles. You know, do you want to be kind of a slow, heavy-swinging greatsword? Do you want to have kind of like a balanced sword? Or do you want to do like a rapier where you're quick and dodgy and can, you know, block and parry? So you can kind of have your different play styles with it. 
you have your RPG elements, you're gaining these experience points, which in this game it's called Ergo. You go to save points, you spend those points to level up, but every time you go to one of those points, it revives all the enemies. You know, classic Souls-like elements. But as far as like how different Liza P is compared to other Souls-like games, there's not too much that is different. I guess the big difference is you don't have a shield. Well, you kind of have a shield. You have a mechanical left arm, which you can equip different things. You first start with a grappling hook, which I know Liz loved. <laughs> you can get a like lightning attachment to it. You can get a flamethrower attachment, and you eventually can get a shield attachment. But the game is more <clears throat> trying to teach you to not just block, but to parry. So you need to block at the right time when the enemy hits you to parry because then you receive no damage, opens up the enemies to do a staggering hit, and so on and so forth. So if you know a Souls-like game, you know Liza P. But what did you guys think of the gameplay? I was curious, did it bother you that you had to travel to switch out your arm and to upgrade and stuff? Because you had to either, at the beginning, you did like the, what are they called? The Stargazers? Stargazers, yeah. Uh, And then you ended up having to go to that woman at the hotel. I think Did that bother you that you couldn't just do it? No, you can still you, change, you can change your arm. With this. You yeah, couldn't you, upgrade. You could upgrade with the Stargazers at the beginning, but once you go to the Hotel Crot, you can only talk to Sophia, I believe is her name. Ophelia. Sophia. No, you told me that I had to go back to the hotel to switch out my arm. Well, then he lied no. to you. Yeah, because then we just did that, Andrew. We just did it to yesterday. To upgrade your arm, you have to go back. But again, I I know that's not what you're saying. I'm just, you know, yeah, because I I switched it with the lightning one, and I decided I didn't want it, and I was like, oh, I, w- I want to switch it back, and he said, oh, you have to go back to the you hotel. Didn't even try the lightning one. No, you definitely switched it at the stargazer because I told you, I was like Liz. Okay, at the stargazer, that. whatever. Like you can't do it when you want to. Like if you're not near a stargazer, is what I'm saying. Like so, in which I do kind of agree with you, because the arms are a nice change to the gameplay. And it kind of stinks that you have to commit to, like, kind of one thing Is it because they don't want you to pause the game? No, because like they... it doesn't pause. Like, there's... unless No, but that's what it. I mean. Like, they don't want they don't want you to pause the game. So if you switched out your arm, you'd, pro- you'd kind of have to change or, or, I mean, pause or do slow motion or something. Uh, no. If you're mid-combat. I think... So I, I... And this is more I'm just spitballing this as I'm thinking about it, honestly. Because I had the same thought that... It's kind of like a weapon, and so you can switch your weapons out as you play the game, but you can't switch your arm. But I think the idea is is built on the fact that like when you're changing your weapons around and you're doing stuff like that, you're you have to do that at the stargazers too. So you have like it's taking actual assembly, and that's why it is in your arm. You're a, you're a robot. You have to disassemble this arm and put the other one on. So in I think it kind of fits in the canon sense with the way that they're designing the game. I don't like it, and I'm not saying I I want it to be that way, but I do think it fits, if that makes sense. What what about upgrading, like, your abilities, though? I mean, because it's everything. So it's the same with, like, if you you have enough points and you can do, like, the... Yeah, yeah, I, I'm fine. You know, vigor or whatever. I mean, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't prefer to be able to do it out in the wild, if you will, but I think I think it still fits with that, too, with having to upgrade your points. I don't like that you have to go back to the hotel every time. Not that it's overly inconvenient and it's literally one extra step from going to the start, just going to the Stargazer, but it's 
the idea that I have to do a travel to upgrade versus other things. But outside of that, I don't, I don't know. I guess I didn't have a problem with the whole needing to, to be there to switch a legion arm. And as you start to get the stargazers and like you mentioned, Liz, it's sort of got a Metroidvania aspect to it that you're opening up these little shortcuts and all these things that I never felt like I was so far from a stargazer that I was like, ugh, I have to travel. The, my bigger issue with travel was the amount of times I died and traveled back to the same place over and over and over and kept doing that same fight. That was the travel I hated. And it also fits the game, but I hated it because it was just a reminder of me being garbage at the game. <laughs> I agree. Did you did you get lost? Because there were times where I, I went back to the hotel and I was like, I don't I don't know which direction it was because all the ladder... I, I feel like, not to get into graphics, um, but... I felt like a lot of the alleys and stuff look samey. And there are some areas that I was like, oh, I know where I'm going. And other times where I was just like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I wanted a map, uh, but there is enough, uh, what's, what's there? There's enough like uh, landmarks that I kind of always knew where I was. Even if some of the alleys were like, okay, this looks the same as maybe another one I've been down. I, I felt like I at least had enough bearing to where I was. There were times I would get lost when I would enter an area and I didn't know what I was looking for. But I think that's also kind of the gameplay. Like a lot of Souls likes, it's a little Souls like games. It's kind of open world, right? Ish. Um, so Elden Ring was the first real open world Souls like. Okay. The other ones are relatively linear but you have like multiple paths you can go so like you don't have to follow like oh you have to go the left path first like you can you could kind of pick and choose where you go but like whatever path you picked was kind of relatively linear uh but liz the first answer your first question i actually liked that you would travel back to the hotel crap which by the way i keep wanting to call the town kraut the sauerkraut like as in sauerkraut yeah it's k-r-a-t but i kept wanting to call it kraut Hotel Krat, because the nice thing about it, like, what started to click with me is by traveling constantly back to this hotel, it's making the world, it's reminding me that this world is like a lived-in world and that there's NPCs and characters in this world. Because, you know, I've played a bunch of other Souls-like games, and a lot of times you're leveling up at just a fireplace, like, or whatever. You're not interacting with anyone, so you just kind of feel like this lone character in a world of enemies, but at least by constantly traveling back to the hotel, you're seeing the people and it, talking to them and interacting with them. So I kind of liked it. And it, like, as Keith said, like the load screens are so quick that it really wasn't much of an inconvenience. It's not like, oh, I killed two enemies. I can level up again because you're not leveling up that fast. So it was kind of like, oh, by the time I beat a boss, I could probably level up two times now. So I didn't mind traveling back to the town. Okay. I think you changed my mind. <laughs> Especially with what you're saying, Mike. By the time that you get back there, you'll probably want to do stuff anyway. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, like actually seeing the NPCs and stuff. Do you know why you you did you did change my mind? Oh, sweet. Uh, but then, uh, as far as like getting lost, no, because this is another thing why I thought this game was more accessible. This game is way more linear. Like, there's still plenty of little nooks and crannies you can explore and find. Which I love. Yeah. But with, like I said, with like other Souls-like, it was kind of a, like annoying of like, you're going down a path and it's like, oh, you're in the undead burg. And then you take another path and it's like, oh, now you're in like the haunted crypt. And it's like, well, which way should I go? Is this too high for me? And then before you know it, you're like way too deep and you're getting smoked and now you're not going to get your body back. And it's like, well, this sucks. 
But at least with Liza P, it's it seemed so much more clear as to where I needed to go. And, you know, getting into the art style of it later, like, I thought everything was just well illustrated as to, like, hey, this is a shortcut over here. Maybe you should hit that button. Hey, there's a stargaze over here. Make sure you get that so it's a checkpoint. So, no, I never got lost. And, and I mean, I felt like, for the most part, there wasn't a... Like, you could kind of explore, but it was, like holding your hand through it like you had mentioned yeah and so that like i just knew that if like i couldn't get past an area i was like oh okay this just isn't the way to go i'll find another path around and i'll come back here eventually um and and at least through so i don't is it is it broken down into acts or is it just like they have the roman numerals because i was in the three section the vanini workshop i i took it as acts i think it's more set as time because when you start the game, it says, you know, rainy morning. And then it's like, oh, foggy noon. Oh, so I think foggy. the acts are kind of like the time of the day. I don't know how that really helps you because you're like, mm, I remember the area was it was rainy. So act one is the rainy morning. I don't know. This is like me just guessing. Me. But yeah, it, I always kind of saw it as kind of broken up into acts. Also kind of as like the time zones. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess. I'm trying to like as far as like travel between them i don't know I, I had somewhere i was going with that and then i lost my thought now i completely forgot oh lose your thought like you lose yourself in the game oh boy i lost it so how did you how did you find out the combat it i'm just terrible at timing dodges and parries i was pretty good with the dodges I just, I struggle so much with Souls-like in general because of the fact that I don't play video games with patience. It's the same reason. Are you are you more a dodge person or a parry, or like a guard person? 100% more of a dodge person. I'm, I'm always okay. going to try and go with mobility over blocking. It's just how I fight. Me too. And just about all all hand-to-hand -hand type of games. But I... I just, and in life. Yeah. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm always avoiding hand-to-hand. Uh, I said this in, on, on a previous episode. I, something I don't like, I'll just run away. Um, so yeah, I I just struggled with needing to actually block and parry. I was getting better at points towards the end of it, at the very least with the smaller enemies. But I'm just I run in and I'm like, okay, I like I don't count their punches I don't count their swings and I know that's so pivotal in these in this genre but I'm just like all right two I think was enough and he's slowed down enough I can and then I go to swing and then I'm mid motion and I can't block and I I just I don't do well with needing to be patient that's why I like a Diablo where I can just run around and just hold a button and just things just happen around me i like i like bullet hells i like high fast action it's, it's just where i i live better in video games i am 100 percent with that i am not patient with video games because that's the thing like i knew that there was probably like a you know they do this swing and then two of these but i just you know it was like this looks like an opening um I, but yeah i i don't have the the patience if it's a game that i think i like more i would have more patience and like i said there's a lot that i like with this game but not enough that i wanted to like suffer through it um suffer through the boss fights not suffer through the game it's not <laughs> it's not that bad but yeah so for me i 
I definitely could have been a bit more patient with it, but. Well, and and one kind of other side thought on that, and where it's so there that like this game is somewhat of an like a weird status for me is that I didn't even feel like I was suffering through them as much. Like there are games where I'm just like I hate this. I don't like I I know I'm I'm a hot button on this one. I just like hi-fi rush. I wasn't even having fun when I was doing those fights. So to me, it just all seemed pointless. This, I was like, I, I wanted to experience this world and I wanted to fight these fights. It just stunk. Cause I was like, I just cannot get past it. It's, it's not the game's fault. It is me because I know that if I took more time to actually try to be good at them, I wouldn't be great, but I could get through a game. I think like lies of P. I mean, I'm 100% a garden block person, so, you know, we may have different styles on our combat, but one thing I think we all can agree on is how much less stress and anxiety we've been having ever since we've been taking uh, these wonderful two-ounce shots called Magic Mind. Since taking Magic Mind, I know all of us can attest to the fact that we've had way more energy, way better focus, less stress and anxiety, and we've been able to focus on our task way more, both at work... As I've said in the last week episode, how much has helped me as a healthcare provider and how much it has helped Liz here being a stay-at-home mom raising our wonderful four-year-old. Yeah, I also, I've said this before on the podcast that I come from a family of coffee drinkers. Like it's it's insane how much coffee we drink. And I noticed that because I cut back down to two coffees a day. <laughs> and then the second one... It's usually like a coffee and a latte. Yeah, and the second one, I if coffee can be really finicky where it's like if you take it too early you just feel tired but if you take it too late then it can keep you up like the second coffee of the day and then it makes you poop yeah yeah i got a i got a sensitive stomach but with this like because i always love the taste of coffee in the morning the second one i really just want to get rid of that coffee and this shows that it's so much better than coffee because it's not you don't you don't get that jolt and then you just kind of like you know go meh <laughs> Meh. You, <laughs> um, you can't see my hands. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very important to the sound. But that's what I really loved about it. So if I take it in the morning, like I, I just go at it. I'm, you know, our daughter has never slept well. Like from the time that she's been born, she has never been a good sleeper. I'm always tired. And for me, it's like the focus to do the chores. Not, it also makes it... I don't even know how to explain this. It makes me not dread certain chores. I just do it. And I'm multitasking. I'm like, throw the laundry in here. Do this. Do that. And so I absolutely love it. It really does help me. And I actually don't even miss the coffee. Like this, the second or the first cup. I don't feel like I'm missing out because I just feel so good. And I do think that with Magic Mind... I don't mean this in a bad way at all. It has an earthy flavor. And I used to work at that health and wellness, like, food place. See, I don't think it does. And I, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, for instance, like, I would consider, like, beets an earthy flavor. I, I love beets. But there's certain things I associate with, like, an earthy flavor. Which I should say, beets aren't in it, correct? I'm just giving an example. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I personally don't think it has too much of an earthy flavor. I mean, Keith, you actually had a great description of it the first time. Yeah, there's like an apple and a pear taste to it. And I don't know where it comes from. I'm not complaining because that was my biggest concern when I was going to take it is I hate mushrooms. I don't particularly care for 
I don't know, earthy flavors. I think like the, the bravest I get into earthy flavors is maybe some beets. Like you said, Liz, I'm like, well, that's probably enough for me. Let me, let me go get something else. So I was concerned that I was just not going to like the taste, but right away, like I smelled it and I went, okay, there's, there's a sweetness to this. And then I, again, I don't know where it comes from, but there's like an apple pear, some sort of flavor. And it's actually really good. Um, so I, I will I will stand behind that as well, that if you're someone like me who doesn't usually go to these types of drinks because you think, yeah, and, and even as a shot, you're just a little like, eh, it doesn't sound appealing. It is absolutely worth trying if that's your only holdback because it's very good. And, um, it, and I don't know, I, I can't really just repeat all of what they said for a while. <laughs> <laughs> I was doing the stay-at-home parent thing. I'm going to the work thing. So I don't know. I, I guess I will see how it goes going back to work. I'm excited for that. I mean, heck, I started my magic mind, got an interview, and hired the next week. So what does that tell you? I'm not saying that it will get you a job, but I'm not saying it didn't help me get a job. You're, you're not not <laughs> saying it. <laughs> I'm not not saying it, I don't think. <laughs> Take Magic Mind. It's awesome for your brain. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Magic Mind has ingredients like uh, Rodalia Rosea. I probably butchered that. It's an ingredient that helps reduce anxiety and improves mental clarity, which is something I can fully attest to. It's weird, actually, like how effective this drink is because so many times of like when you have these kind of earthy drinks it's just like oh yeah it's just i feel like it's a lot of fluff that's put on the label but i can 100 percent attest that it is it backs up what it says you know the matcha in it which is a prolonged caffeine keeps me awake and alert but doesn't keep me crashed at the end and i can get a good night's sleep so but i mean i don't know one last kind of i think cool things about it and one of the things that drew me in when I did as a personal effect if you will is Alzheimer's runs in my family my mother has gone to see doctors for it and like to preventative things and talking about it trying to get ahead of it and all of the ingredients that are in Magic Mind or at least large amounts of them because I compared some of the things that she had are very same ingredients to what doctors are prescribing to prevent that so if doctors are are promoting a lot of these things again i'm not a doctor i'm not saying hey this is this but i i can tell you that put that put me in a position to say hey these are legitimate things they may be things that you've never heard of and you think oh that's a bunch of weird like liz said earthy ingredients but these are legitimate things that doctors are recommending for various things so it's it genuinely a good product i believe yeah and if you are at all interested in magic mind Please go to magicmind.com slash gpgppod and use promo code gpgp20 to get 20% off a one-time purchase or 56% off a subscription. That's magicmind.com slash gpgppod with promo code gpgp20. So thank you so much for Magic Mind for showing us this wonderful product. Um, So you guys said you had a hard time timing encountering the enemies. So I wanted to ask then, how did you guys do in the boss fights? Because we've played, like usually when you play like a bullet hell or a Souls-like game, everyone describes the boss fights as kind of a dance. And so I wanted to know, how did you guys do in the boss fights? I'm not a good dancer. (laughs) (laughs) I disagree, Liz. I think you're a wonderful dancer. So... What's that old? Are you a good dancer, Keith? Oh, I'm a fantastic <laughs> dancer. That's not an issue. Um, what's what's that that old mean? The the not well, my dude. Not well. 
Um, that, that was how I did on bosses. It was, uh, it wasn't great. It, it honestly, it, and I could get past just about any of the trash mobs. I didn't struggle with most of them, except for those ones with the wheel. Those ones just really got me or whatever giant gear on their back. Um, I guess you going wheel. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause especially there was one area that I was particularly stuck at and I kept having to fight the same one over and over again, except I learned I could just run past him and, and go to where I was going to, which was just to my death as well, because I was going to a boss fight. Um, yeah. So I didn't love them, but it, it sucks because it still isn't like, ah, oh, I hated him because I hated the bosses. I just hated him because I couldn't beat him. And it feels not even, not even unfair. It just seems like a dumb rating for a game to be like, ah, it's a bad game because I suck at it. See, I love the boss fights. I like, first of all, I thought the designs of the bosses were awesome. But it, this is just what I love about Souls Likes games because, yeah, the boss fights are crazy hard. But like when you beat them, I just, I always feel so accomplished. I know Liz disagrees. But, uh, well, how far did everyone get? I think I beat two bosses. I think I beat the first Stalker and the um the parade master i was i no you if you got to vanini's workshop you said you got farther you beat the the cop okay yeah that one actually i didn't struggle with i don't think that one i think i got through pretty quickly but i was struggling to and i i only really tried to fight it a couple times but the like the giant robot that was the one I, I struggled to get past in particular. We, I say we. <laughs> I know, we like, beat like the, me going, we, I didn't know this we was beat a co-op the police game. one, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is when you're married. Which that's another really depressing side story that I did not appreciate. Um, but yeah, it was, it was shortly after that, right? Yeah. Yeah, you got to Vanini's Workshop, which Vanini's Workshop has one of my favorite weapons. Uh, yeah, good segue. Uh, Keith, what is your favorite weapons? Um, I was a fan of the fire axe and actually my, no, not my original weapon. Cause I started as balance. So I had the rapier, but I started as strength with the great sword. But yeah, I was not having a great time with the stabby boy. So, <laughs> so I ended up going to, I don't know. It was that first, like, it's not a katana, is it kind of is. There's a saber. Saber, I think is what you. Yeah, think. I think that. Yeah, the the rapier is for like quick, and balance was the uh, saber, which listed. Wait, did we all do different things? No, you and Keith did the same. You oh. and Keith yeah, did balance. I, I did the strength. Yeah, because I got I got the the rapier, but I ended up picking up the saber and using that, and then I went with the fire axe. Now, I probably screwed it up by doing it, but. What I thought was a cool aspect of the game was how you could mix and match the weapons with the, yeah. the blade versus the handle. Which And it's, again, it's just one of those things that it stinks because I wanted so bad to experience more of this game. But I was struggling so much with it. But that said is, um, I don't know if I did a good thing, but I didn't, like, I got, um, was one of, like, the giant blades. I don't remember which one it was. But I threw it on yeah. the axe handle so I could just swing it one-handed. It was slow, but man, it packed a mean punch. <laughs> yeah, this is another big change of an element compared to other Souls-like games. Is just about every weapon. There's some weapons that you can't disassemble, but the weapons are broken down to blade and handle, and they each have a unique ability, which is called a fable. 
So you have a power-up bar that as you're hitting enemies, you're powering up your Fable meter. And depending on, you know, what blade and handle you're using, you'll get a special ability. So some blades are like, oh, you do a quick three slash, or, you know, maybe you'll do a perfect parry, even though you yourself, like, didn't do it. Like, it's just an automatic perfect parry. Like, it's just a various different skills you can do. But you can mix and match weapons and handles so the handles will actually give a grade rating. So as you're leveling up, you have your typical stats, but they're called different things. You know, your vigor, your capacity, your technique, your advance, and a handle will give a grade rating of like, oh, if you, you if you have a lot of points in advance, you know, this handle will do really well with an advanced if advanced build if you're putting a lot of points in advance. So you can kind of mix and match weapon handles and weapons. So it's like, hey, did you really want to use a dagger? but the handle for the dagger isn't going well with your build. Well, switch the handle, and now it does. So that's what I love about this game, because, you know, if you've played other games like Elden Ring, you'll be like, hey, this is a cool sword. Oh, it's for a faith build. Well, I'm not doing faith, so can't use this weapon. But not in Liza P, you can actually just mix it, and it's awesome. So I did the same thing as you, Keith. Like, my favorite weapons was the electric mace, which is really good against the puppets, but I kind of hated its swing because it's a blunt weapon. And if you hit a wall, it stops the attack. So I switched it out with like the rapier handle. So it was more of a stabbing motion. And so was, I was able to just focus a target right in front of me. And so it was really great for that. And then my other weapon that I absolutely loved is the salamander dagger, which is a flame weapon, which was great against the stalkers. I feel like I didn't get nearly as many weapons, but I was more focused on my hook. That's the thing that I love the most you in combat. You love that hook. Because the little twirly blade guys i <laughs> absolutely despise oh yeah. yes that's a, those are my most hated enemies the hook works so good for them and so for me that's why i love the most andrew what weapon did i use the most it was it had like you, cylinder yeah that was the electric hammer that i was yeah just i use that a lot yeah i told you to use that it's really good against trash and it's also pretty good against the bosses too why do you call them trash uh, that's just a phrase people always use to talk about just generic enemies. It's just oh, okay. trash mobs. Okay. Sorry. I forget I forget that you're still a noob. <laughs> you know, we've been doing this podcast for years. I was like, dang, he's really passionate about these guys. This is like somebody no, who's just lived in... <laughs> I get what you're saying, Keith. I, I know, but it's, it's that those words don't go well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you, Liz. <laughs> understanding i know i know you're not uh uh you know what <laughs> uh all right but we need to move along i but for me the gameplay is just a ton of fun in this game and i i wanted to keep doing more but the thing that absolutely blew me away is the graphics to me this game just oozes style like i don't know how else to describe it to me this is probably going to be my graphic graphical game of the year i loved the art style like just graphically, everything looked fantastic. I love the city. I love the enemy designs. I love just everything. The boss designs are crazy. Yeah, I cannot speak any more highly of the graphics. I really love the graphics. I did say earlier that there were some times where I felt like the surroundings were a little samey in certain areas. And I, I still think that, but I loved it. I didn't want it to change. Like with the... Um, I mean, even like the, the streets were pretty, I just love that. And then, um, I kind of do wish that I the costumes, you complain about it, but you're like, I don't want it to change. 
I mean, I wish that... It's kind of like being like, hey, you're kind of fat, but I don't want you to change. It's like, no, if you mention it, you want it to change. Wow, what a dark example. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm I was sorry, just saying, maybe you know? have like one building that looks different. Like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I like, I like you for a second. You're like, wait a second. I didn't say that to you. <laughs> I've never said that. that, that, that. I know, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> Oh, but I, oh, sorry. But one thing that I do wish is that the costumes actually had like an ability or like improved something. Um, so I mean, I did switch the costumes just for fun, but they were they were fun to look at too. So I I did like them. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed the graphics. In fact, you showed me the trailer, and that was one of the first things that I was like, maybe we should play this game. Not yeah. really what I was getting into, but <laughs> see, I was really curious to you how you would like this game because. I still think it's funny. Literally, the very first game we played for this podcast was Ashen, which is a soul is a, a Souls like. That's true, and I and liked you it. Hated that game. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you liked it. <laughs> but that's also the big difference too. A lot of Souls likes have uh, some sort of co op element to this, and Liza P does not. You know, during some boss fights, you can summon an NPC, but yeah, there's no like. You can't jump into a friend's game and help your friend out. But this is way more forgiving. I mean, if you think about like I. I I don't know if Ashen did this or not, but the fact that when you die um, from a boss, like it, they leave your stuff outside of the arena. Like yeah. I think that's oh amazing. yeah, that's a nice. I definitely thought it was more forgiving life. than Ashen, and I think that's why it's like it is more noob friendly, but it's still like I wish there was a difficulty setting. I, and my my experience would have been different. I really well, wish obviously. we could go back and play Ashen. <laughs> If we ever do end this podcast, and I hope we do it forever, but if we ever do and we can schedule our last episode, it has to be a return to Ashen. I, th- I just think <laughs> there's no other way. Um, but Okay, I think we should each get to pick a game, though, because if you're going to make me suffer through Ashen, <laughs> then I should be able to pick one for you, it's, Keith. It's not about you. Graveyard Keeper. It's, it's actually less about you, Liz. It's, it's more about, I mean, it is. In a lot of ways, but it's it's a book. I felt pretty targeted, Keith. It's it's more <laughs> about the book end of it, but I think because I but because I don't know. Like I said, I liked that, and it was a Souls like. And I'm sitting here talking about how much I hate Souls like games, so I've changed. So there's a little discussion here you brought up, Liz, that I, I kind of want to ask you guys. So, Liz, you're saying you wish there was a difficulty option. Yeah, because I mean, even if there was like no achievements for an easier difficulty, like I really did enjoy the story and the graphics. And I felt like I would have played way more. So I'm curious how you feel, Keith, because for me, like I'm, I see both sides of the argument about like, hey, this game should have a difficulty option to make it more accessible to people, which, you know, as a developer, that makes sense. You know, obviously you want to reach the broadest audience possible. Like you're kind of gatekeeping people from playing your game because it's too hard. But I also understand the other side of it of the game is fun and rewarding because of how difficult it is. Because like my argument of like why I don't think there should be a difficulty setting and like why I enjoy it just being hard as it is, like we've played a handful of games that have like easy features. And every single one of us, whenever those easy features appear, we always turn them on. You know, we did it with um, Last Case of Benedict Fox when you could just auto-solve the puzzles. We did that. When we did Ickenfell and you just like auto-win battles, we, we, we all ended up turning that on. Uh, when we did the Big Con last week when you could just auto-pickpocket, we all turned that on. But there so, are some games actually have like bad features that you want to get rid of just because it was made poorly, though. 
So I feel like if it was actually fun, I wouldn't turn it off. I think Liz just hit the nail on the head perfectly with it. I, I and I, I don't think I could really sum that up better than what you just said. And I didn't want, and I didn't want accessibility features. And it's it's a weird thing to say because I don't know. Typically, those are there also partly for people who like might actually need accessibility. Like it's kind of kind of do gatekeep the game a little bit. And I'm not gonna not trying to go down that whole road, but. Outside of that, like, I didn't feel like there was, like, I needed to have an invincibility mode. I just wanted to maybe tone it back a little bit. So do I fault it or take points off, whatever it may be, because the difficulty setting isn't there? No, because I, at least from my perspective, I'm like, "Eh, it's a Souls-like and just shake my fist at them type of thing. But I wanted it. If I'm, it would have gained points if it was there, I guess, because I would I, have played more of it, and and I, I and I truly wanted to play more and I wanted to enjoy it, but I could not because I just couldn't do it. <clears throat> yeah, I think it was just frustrating because it was so interesting of a game, and I, I really did want to play it, but I also don't feel like a developer should have to dumb something down. You know, yeah. like, um, I don't, I'm not trying to sound mean saying that, especially because no. it's towards people like myself. <laughs> but I mean, for me, like, if that's the game that they, they want to make, that's fine. But yeah, they definitely are. Like, I mean, there are a lot of people online that was like, too hard. There, there are a lot of people who are just not going to play it because it is too hard. Yeah. They'll get to a certain point in the game and then it'll be like, I, I can't do it. Well, I do think, and I think that's where it's important, though, that, and I, and I, think this is a great and because it's actually probably gonna drive me to still go back to this when i can fit in some time for it is i know i already mentioned it at the beginning of the episode but they've already put tweaks in place into the game and so you know there's they've recognized that hey we might have made this a little bit too hard and yeah a lot of people can beat this but a lot of people can't and so i kind of wish there that's where i i think i want them to say okay we recognize that let's turn this into a difficulty setting like a normal in a more relaxed setting and then they have those so then the people who want to say they beat it on that harder difficulty but haven't yet can do it but because it's it is doable um but i think it's important that they recognize these things and they make those changes because i think one of the biggest ones that i i saw on there is the the weight rating and it took me a while to truly understand it it's not overly complicated but it's really just what you have equipped is the only thing that affects your weight and basically this patch i base it makes it so for each point you put into your ability to carry weight it's more effective is the way i understand it so that you you're not always overburdened because it basically if i was carrying two weapons i was overburdened is is what i was oh with. i didn't see that in the patch notes i'm glad because yeah. yeah i'm always overburdened too. exactly so like they're they're doing things to help this and i and i think that's important and that's where it's it's not about the game for me it's about my own capabilities and where this is a very <laughs> weird pass and i know i've said it a hundred times and i'll probably say it a hundred more <laughs> right. uh, andrew i did i did want to say like i do partially agree with you when it comes to um like t- turning on the easy stuff i mean i still i still believe what i just said but i also will say that i usually try to speed up the game because of the podcast because i want to get further and see more story but if i was just casually playing i wouldn't do it as much but i i really do feel like um 
every once in a while, I do make it a bit too easy. Like, even, like, the difficulties. Uh, some games you just don't know until you play, and then I just kind of... I do kind of get lazy with it. I'm like, I'll just keep it on easy or medium or whatever. <laughs> That's a product of you underselling yeah. your skills, though, Liz. While you may not have learned all of the video game language, I think your skills are probably so much better today than you even realize and give yourself credit for. So I think a lot of that is you just going, I'm not good. I want to try easy. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not criticizing it. I just think you undersell yourself, if I'm honest. Oh, definitely. Whenever we do a shooter game, like... She probably has like a 60% accuracy. Granted, they're all crotch shots, but she's at least hitting those crotches really well. So, I mean, like her skill has gotten better. Well, I think it's games like this. She doesn't like scream as much either that, at like things. Did you know what? There was actually quite a few jump yeah, scares yeah, in this. Yeah, there was a couple of this game. And I knew like right if there's like a tight little room, I'm like, I'm going to look yeah. in that corner. Like I, there's a couple of times. I, I yelled once in this game. It's 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 delightful to watch because you just start <laughs> rolling everywhere. <laughs> It's like a defense mechanism. I love it. But uh, anyway, so then the other thing that Liza P does fantastic is the audio. The music has like this actual, they have like a, an actual soundtrack for the Liza P where you are actually earning these actual like vinyl discs and you can play it on the gramophone within the hotel. And the vinyl discs are like a legitimate reward because the music soundtrack is so good. Like I only got one and, like, because uh, Liz did a different choice, and she had a different song. But, like, just hearing the two songs that I got to listen to on the gramophone, I was like, these songs are great. Like, it's just really nice, like, soothing jazz music. It's so good. I only got one And also, point, I... But it was good. Sorry, go ahead, Liz. I feel like the voice acting yeah. was really good. There was one or two that I was like, eh, it's kind of, like, breathy. And I wasn't sure if it was just, like, what they were going for. But I... Not one of the people in distress, by the way. Um, but some of the voice acting, I was really impressed with. I loved your uh, cricket companion. It's not Jiminy, it's Gemini. I'm assuming Jiminy was a uh, trademark, because Jiminy Cricket, I know, has been in like some Mickey Mouse cartoons. But yeah, you have uh, Gemini, who's the cricket who lives in your lamp. And you're not But I, I loved either, his banter. You? You're just, do they actually call you Pinocchio? I don't... Because I don't... I didn't... Think? I don't recall them ever actually saying Pinocchio. It's just lies of being. I think just calls you, yeah, very puppet Im- or boy. And it's very implied, obviously, because Geppetto and every and all the robots are puppets. Yeah. But yeah, it's it, you're not like I think Geppetto is really the only one who actually has the true name. He, yeah, he calls you son though. Yeah, but that's the whole thing is he builds you because he wanted a son, and so he kind yeah. of built you to to be that kind of weird actually. Um, yeah, I, I I liked the music. The game also just fills a very eerie and like despairing vibe of the town. Yeah, it does a great job with the atmosphere building. So, a great job with the audio. Well, you know what drove me nuts is there is one area in particular. It's just, I mean, it's like Andrew mentioned, it's a lot of rainy day, foggy afternoon. So it's kind of always just dreary from what I saw. And um, so it's raining and you hear that in the background pretty much always. But there's this one area that there was just cats meowing, and we just got a new kitten. <laughs> and so I hear cats in my house frequently, and so I kept, like, taking my heads out. I'm like, is this cats attacking each oh, other? And that actually happened to me, too. I, the amount I was of like, times, is there a cat here? The amount of times I, like, turned down my volume, taking off my headset, and it to the point where even though I knew it was happening there, I'm still checking, and I was like, oh, it, it almost drove me mad. 
Um, I mean, that's good audio. But it is, yeah. You thought it's a real cat. Well, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, and it wasn't even annoying. It was more just like, gosh, it sounds like there is a cat, like, I don't know, somewhere within range of me yelling, and I need to go investigate. But I think, yeah. We need to investigate this cat. There is something wrong with it. Gosh, a kitten and and, and an old cat. Don't get me started. It's a whole mess. Um, Yeah, it's, the the audio is good, though. It's very atmospheric, I I think. And it it sets the tone for this world that you're kind of walking through and it's dead and not dead at the same time. Wait, so why did you um, decide to get another cat? You guys just wanted to have more pets? Yeah, basically. I mean, you don't you don't have to keep this in, sorry. Um, <clears throat> I'm just I mean, mostly Amber was never a cat person. And then we got Mila and she loved Mila. And then she just started looking at I was going to say, she's not much of a cat person, so we doubled down on two cats. <laughs> she wanted a cat. And we really want to stick it to her. I was like, I don't know. I like kittens. Kittens are cute. They're fun. I'm, I'm on board. So, yeah, we went with it. I love that. <laughs> Uh, he's he's an asshole, but he's awesome at the same time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as far as the achievements go, the achievements are are, are good. Uh, nothing too fun or anything like that. It's very much just you know once you beat this boss, once you beat that boss. We're actually uh, really close, Andrew. You have one fifty with ten out of forty two achievements. Dang, Keith one twenty with eight, and I'm one hundred five with seven. So oh. is that is yours wrong? I was actually going to ask you that. No, it's probably right. It's just, yeah, because I mean, I, I think I don't you were think horrified. Crazy far we're actually, well, you actually got a bunch of achievements for me. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I wanted to play so much more of this game. I just didn't have time. But uh, for time to beat, you're looking between 25 hours to 35 hours. Uh, if you want to completion it, it looks like it's like 52 hours. I'm like so, 12 already. <laughs> yeah. Through the game. But uh, yeah, Liza P, that's the other thing, too, I like about it. It's like, it's kind of a more of a bite sized chunk. Because a lot of Souls-like games, you're usually looking at like 40-plus hours. But this is kind of on the smaller tail end of it. So, yeah. Another good thing that it does. But uh, let's get into our final thoughts here. Uh, I'll kick this off. So, as I said for me, Liza P, yeah, this is this is a definite game. Um, I originally, like I said, thought this was going to be a more accessible Souls-like for my co-host. But apparently it's not. So, I guess I can't recommend this game to everybody. But if you like Souls-like games... Absolutely check out Liza P. It's great. You know, I saw some people being like, oh, this is a complete ripoff of Bloodborne. But I don't know why people are getting upset about the game about it because Sony has already said basically like, yeah, we're not going to remaster Bloodborne. So what you got is what you got. So at least this studio is trying to create a successor to it. And some people are upset about it and some people like it. But all you got to know is if you like Souls like, you got to check out Liza P. I thought the story was great. Graphics are fantastic. The combat's a ton of fun. It can be brutally difficult, but that's to be expected with Souls-like games. I, like, usually when it comes to Souls-like games, I sometimes have to build myself up to start it because I know what's waiting for me and it's going to be a lot of dying and frustration. But I, for whatever reason, had no issue with Liza P. When it came, I, I wanted to boot up Liza P like that, like right away. If I had downtime, I was on it. Um, I unfortunately played this game mostly in xCloud. And like I said, that's difficult because if you're trying to parry, you need to be very precise. And just even though I had good internet connection, just there is always a little bit of latency with xCloud. But I was still able to do majority of the game just fine. So it was just more of a struggle. Uh, anyway, for me, I'm giving Liza P a 90. Check it out. Well, I mean, 
you were able to get through a majority of what you played. You clearly did not get through much of the game because you're just a little bit past me. But I mean, I I got past a boss that I'm, they're nerfing, so I'm not. That at least says something. It, it does. I'm not. I'm not saying entirely that it's impossible. I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, I just I I have I have beat this to death. That I like Liza P. I I like the concept of it. I like the world of it. I like the design of it. I don't even have a problem with the mechanics. I think the mechanics are cool. I don't have a problem with the gameplay. I think it's a little simplistic. It's basically just right bumper attack, right trigger secondary attack, and then like a, a special. But there's combos and all of that too, which we didn't really get into. It's just overall, I, I think the buttons are fairly simple. And so I think Andrew had the right idea that Lies of P is an accessible Souls-like and it and it probably is, but it's still hard, and it still got me, <clears throat> and I still just struggle to the point where I I like just can't go further, and it and it kind of bums me out. I do plan to check out the the nerfs to some of it, because uh, again, there's just a lot of things that will make the quality of life along the game I think make more sense. So maybe you'll have a better experience, and I. I I actually would recommend this while still saying I don't want to play it. Um, so it's still a pass, I guess, because of that. And it's a weird pass. It's it's a, a new age. It's a game just not for me. Uh, so I'm still going to give it an 82 because I, I, I think it's a great game that I just can't play. <laughs> and it kind of stinks. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it an 86. This is hard for me to really give a score for the reasons that Keith just stated, because I don't want to knock points because it's too hard, but this is a game that I actually really would love to watch a walkthrough because I enjoy doing stuff like that. But um, (laughs) I also think, too, some of the things I didn't like about the game, I I, I can't fall for as well. Like, so, for instance, I said that, you know, it was sad at parts. Well, it's making me feel something, so that's a positive to the game, right? So there's, like, different aspects that I just, like, I don't really know what to score it. But I think, like, an 86 is what I'm going to go with. And looking at Metacritic for Series X, 84 and 7.9. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people were... I think, like, with a game like this, they're going to compare it to other Souls-like games. And so I think that really affects people's scores. And then also there were people like me... They were like, it's too hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. And after this, you know, I can't wait for the sequel, Liza Pooh. Nice. <laughs> will you play as Will you play as Winnie the Pooh? It was just gonna be. I was gonna say lies of number two. Uh, if you thought I was going with an immature joke, that's on you, Keith. I I just backed you up and I said lies of number two. <laughs> so then you have the two for the sequel, and you still get the poop joke. <laughs> I will say when people say the name of this, I think it's Eliza. Eliza, Eliza P. Yeah, I. There's something about this that I just don't hear it right. No, I. I'm actually surprised there's not a mod where you play as Winnie the Pooh. That would be kind of awesome. But anyway, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, if you have any game suggestions, please hit us up at GamePassGrabBag.com. You'll find all our links, including the link to our wonderful sponsor, where you'll also see our promo code. So make sure you check out Magic Mind. They are a wonderful company. I've been your hardcore gamer, Sandra. You can find me on Xbox Live at Firebird01952. Please reach out. We always love hearing from you, everyone. You know, love when people say hi. Uh, I always love, too, 
we have uh, we haven't mentioned in forever, but we do have a Game Pass grab bag Xbox Club. And every once in a while, we get a member who wants to join it. And it's like, man, we have not talked about that since, like, year one. So it's always kind of nice when, like, someone jumps into it. It's like, man, this clearly this person listened to a really old episode. Because, like, we have not mentioned that club in forever. But, yeah, if you ever stumble upon that, I mean, we don't really do anything with it. We probably should. I'm not, I'm not, we always talk about doing a game night. I'm not, I'm not one to, to bash on Xbox stuff because I, 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 I'm an Xbox person. I generally like all of it. But, man, they really just did not do any effort with the clubs. There's no worse no, feature than the fact that you have to, rec- it's, it's like Diablo, but worse. It's, it, it's a dumb concept. Yeah. I, it bums me out because the clubs could have been such a cool aspect and I just don't think they gave it enough, but I agree with you. So still join if you want, but it isn't. So that's why I join our discord where we're recording tonight. Yep. Which that was the thing. I feel like they're giving up on the clubs. Cause I feel like they're just integrating more with discord uh, but yeah, make sure you join our Discord. You know, we record every Wednesday. You can come join and listen to us record and I guess see how the sausage is made. You know, sorry. There's a lot of inappropriate jokes and stuff we make that I usually edit out. If you want to come in and listen to us live, you can come on join. You can find it on GamePassGrabback.com. Um, oh, and then the other last thing. Thank you so much to everyone who answered my poll on our Starfield episode. The question I asked is... Has a Metacritic score ever changed your opinion on a game? We had 25 votes. Three people said yes. 16 people said no. And six people said it depends. I was actually surprised that many people said yes. I, I did not think like, or it depends. Like I, I, for me, never was affected by Metacritic score. Because to me, I always feel like people just bomb scores. But no, I, apparently there's a good amount of people out there that actually follow Metacritic scores and listen to it well. But uh, yeah, thank you all so much for joining on the Spotify poll. But anyway, take it away, Keith. Oh, Andrew's back on his on his CVS receipt thing. Um, I've been Keith, as always. Seth. Seth. Yeah. Do you remember yes. what game Seth recommended last time? Celesta. Yeah. Seth. <laughs> I just everyone else can shut this off. Seth, this is between you and I. <laughs> And it's it feels like it's becoming personal, and you just don't like me, <laughs> and I and I don't know why you do this. You're still gonna get the nine plus. I don't even know what at this point because I just, yeah, it, good for you. <laughs> you disappoint me in ways I'll never know. Give me a roguelike, but you're still cool. <laughs> Keep listening. You're all awesome. Everyone, you're all everyone. Turn it back up now. Um, hopefully you heard that. And Liz, take it away. I'm Liz Noob, Gamertag, come on, I'm Dean, and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Liz Noob, Noob, is E-W. All right, everyone. We love you all. We'll see you again next week. Bye, Bye guys.